and welcome to episode 10 of this Inspire 2020 Visionary Leader Chats series. I'm delighted to be joined today by Molly Chang. Hi, Molly. How are you? I'm doing well, Simon. You? Uh, very well. It's great to see you. And uh, so, so, Molly, you're the founder and CEO of Abella Consulting. Um, you help leaders harness the power of win as one. And I can't wait to talk about exactly what that means in a second. You're also the unexpected radio host of the Say It Skillfully Initiative. And again, I'm, I'm intrigued by that. You're, you're a, a, a multi-different dimensional coach, including Marshall Goldsmith and value coaching and organizational relationship coaching. You've had a significant corporate career. You've helped over 80 business acquisitions and mergers, et cetera, et cetera. So you've had a really seasoned career. And, and I can see that you have a really strong voice and an authentic desire to pass on a valuable, authentic message to leaders. So it's great to, to see you. And I can't wait to have this chat. So, um, so maybe just talk a little bit about your background and, and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, I appreciate that. And first of all, Simon, I want to acknowledge you and thank you for the opportunity to share today. And we talked a little bit before we went live here. Yeah. And I think your personal journey and sharing that more broadly is really something that we need more of in the world. So I thank you for thank the you. gift of having a chance to join thank you. you. Um, I think, you know, I, sharing a bit about myself, I have been fortunate to have a chance to get to know my own self, I think, really well. And I will just first share my passion and purpose statement. So in yep. a word, my, my passion is to ignite. And with heart, creativity, and compassion, I inspire myself and others to have the courage to be true to ourselves, dream big, and harness the wow power of us so that together we're a force of nature and anything is possible. That's great. And that for me is a mouthful, but it really captures the essence yeah. of all the things that I stand for. Yeah. And it's been a real guiding light for me. For folks who think that might be a bunch of like pithy words, it really is a, a process that I went through to just understand what was important to me, yeah. um, why I'm here, uh, what are the things that I can share and help people with. And it's created what I would say is a very fulfilling and meaningful life of which I'm still you know, in the midst of it. So um, a lot of goodness ahead. Yeah. Uh, I also share that I do have a theory of change in the world, which has helped ground, again, the the way I think about my life uh, professionally. And yeah. I would say yeah. that, you know, there's a top-down component, which I believe culture starts at the top, yeah. um, which is why I choose to work with senior executive teams. Um, culture is sustained at the base. And if you think about the bottom-up opportunity, so for me, a big part of uh, going forward is helping people appreciate we're all part of the problem and yeah. we're all part of the solution. And that mutual accountability, I think, is something that there's a lot of upside for. Yeah. Uh, for both leaders and folks within organizations to embrace. So I think that's really grounded yeah. um, my work. So as a little bit of background, I um, am pretty unlikely host of a radio show in a whole Say It Skillfully series because <laughs> I, uh, my parents were from overseas and I didn't speak English until I was five, straight C's in first grade. I mean, I, it was terrifying. I was <laughs> pretty much terrified um, as a kid in the States. There was one Chinese family, one African-American family, one Korean family. Wow. And uh, it was a great life. So it's only in hindsight that I appreciated, wow, I really grew up not, like really always wanting to fit in, like yeah, always yeah. wanting to fit in. Whenever I drew um, characters, stick figures, the girls had yellow crayon, always yellow crayon. And of course I, I wasn't traumatized at all at the time, but when I think about that, it really, I think has helped me um, 
with how I want to be in the world and how I want others to feel in the world. Yeah, and so it's yeah. interesting to me how life really comes full circle. Um, <laughs> and I'm, you know, I, I think I can appear quite social. I'm an introvert uh, yeah. by design. I'm definitely someone who drives my energy from within. And, you know, I was a geek in school. So I was an engineer. Okay. I came out, I went to IBM, I did some sales. You know, I mean, that was the last thing you could imagine someone like me doing. And after business school, went into consulting. And then I ended up in a big, um, a high growth company consolidating yeah. uh, the water treatment industry. It was an early roll up on Wall Street called US Filter. Yeah. So you're a young person running around the world integrating companies, some of which were former competitors. So you start to learn pretty early on that it's a big people thing. Where, 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 uh, sorry to butt in, but where was Molly in all this during that period? Because you said, you know, it was kind of almost going against the grain of who you were. How did you feel during that period? Did you, did you have an, an imposter syndrome? Did you feel scared? Did you feel excited? Did you know that there was another destiny for you? Can you remember how you felt during that? Thanks for asking that. So um, many folks have brought up this imposter syndrome. And to my parents' credit, my sisters and I felt like we could kind of do anything. I mean, we, we really, it was, and it was a, my naivete that served me super well. So I go to IBM, I'm in the middle of this big, you know, it was kind of a big deal. I had no intention I was going to be an engineer, you know, in the oil yeah. industry and I ended up getting this offer. And so I would say that I was really someone who's always been able to see the forest for the trees. And I was like, this is a great opportunity. And I didn't know any better. It never dawned on me I wasn't supposed to or I couldn't do it. And I really feel very blessed for that. Yeah. And I would say that's probably continued to serve me and having a sense of self-assuredness for all the parents who are out there. I'm not a parent, but I've got five darling nieces and nephews and yeah. the ability to have a self-assured child, which is to say, we know we're going to stumble and fall and I'll be, you know, bouncing around and may not be very pretty for a while, but I know I'll come back. Yeah. And, and that's, I think, helped me. And so for me, the opportunity, a lot of folks have asked, because I've had a pretty crazy career, you know, was it risky? And for me, it was managing the downside. So if I could manage the downside, it was essentially not a risk to me. And so I've yeah. able to, I think, grow and got into some really interesting areas as a result. Yeah. But also probably we're not knowing any better, Simon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, okay. Now, that, that makes sense. I mean, I, I was a bit similar. I mean, I, you know, I, I started life as a lawyer, but I did it kind of really because to, to say to my father, I hear I can aspire to the best profession, but it wasn't really what I wanted to do. I've always been very strategic and creative and intuitive, uh, which weren't the sort of skilled traits for lawyers, right, necessarily. And, and then I, you know, I left that career at the age of 39 and I became CEO. And then I left that career and did my own thing. And a bit like you, I get the same sense that I, I've, I've taken risks, calculated risks, but I've always said to myself, it's funny, you know, I've been blessed. I've, I've been married 22 years. And my wife always says, and she said today, we went for a three hour walk. She said, what's the worst thing that can happen, right? And I think with hindsight, that was the approach I took, right? But I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. Does, that, does, that, does that ring Absolutely. up? Absolutely resonates. And I did not, it, it was no looking back in the sense of if it felt right and you yeah. could, you know, I'm like an engineer by training. So you're just by design, your critical thinking is, is you yeah. kind of figure out the upside and the downside. And yeah. for the folks who are out there, I think the careers are, are a journey and you, you learn along the way. And for the young folks that I mentor, I'm like, there's very few wrong moves, right? You yeah. want to be able to just learn and build skills and start to get to know yourself, figure out what you are good at what you're not so good at, of the things you're not so good at, what do you want to get better at, and what are the things you just really, those aren't your sweet spots. And so I think that's the learning about ourselves. I, yeah. I really resonate because I, it took me a long time to unwind having gone to business school. 
and, and I think going to any edu higher education is absolutely worth it for the sake yeah. of learning. Yeah. Um, I do think there's a programming about potentially being better because you have an advanced degree. Yeah. And yeah. It, it took me a while to reground myself, I would say. Uh, yeah. And I think that that um, is a bit of the inner struggle to, to your point, like you're supposed to be in a big company and you're supposed yeah. to rise up in the big company and, and a bigger job is better. And for me, that was not, that was just not how I was wired and it wasn't very interesting at all. So if, so if this is really interesting, so this is, as, you, as everybody can tell, this is a free flowing chat, right? So at that point, right? So if, if you were to talk back to Molly at that point where you had that inner struggle from this, from this point now and to say to Molly then, um, you'll be okay when you're working for yourself because what would you say? Like, how would you describe that what you're doing now is the right thing for you? Back to the Molly then. Right. So I never thought I wasn't doing the right thing. And I think for me at those times, it was the right thing. Yeah. So yeah. for me, there was not, I never, and I talked to, you know, friends and, and clients, a lot of folks who are really Russell. Um, yeah. Like, it's not really right. Like, I know I shouldn't be here. and I need to go. When that has happened to me, I've been able to go. Yeah. And I think for a lot of folks, there are some practical reasons, but there's also quite a few emotional yeah. uh, dimensions to that, yeah. to be able yeah. to to buck the trend because I think a lot of folks do perceive you worked really hard. You went to you know, your Ivy league school and grad school and now you're in a very brand name company and yeah. technically you've made it, you know, and, yeah. but inside it's not really fulfilling. Yeah. And I think, you know, I had a long career after the M and a, I mean, actually I did a lot of fun things, but I ended up at Cisco systems and just spectacular company in the earlier days. Yeah. We, you know, we were on a big, a big ride and it was spectacular and some of the most amazing people I know I met through yeah. my um, you know over 15 years there so I'm very very grateful for those bigger company experiences they yeah, were yeah. very when, when, when were you at when were you at Cisco I joined when did I join Cisco 98 okay I mean, we're, it was, you know, the, the, we were part of the corporate business development group, which, and it's yeah, really yeah. funny, the whole job thing, because I had yeah. been not in that industry at all. And I, yes. and because I had integrated companies, that was a, not, not everyone has that skill set. Yeah. And when yeah. I joined there, just the day before my offer went out, the HR person came down to my hiring manager, kind of waving paper, stop, stop, you can't hire her. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, you know, looking at a piece of paper and my hiring manager was like, it's okay we need her it's all fine it was really you know because it was to their point you know you're you're yeah. sometimes looking for something and it's not really the shape and size that you really need yeah um, so I, in, in hindsight as we're talking this through i think a lot of places um that i've ended up with have really been a, just a real mutual learning experience yeah you know, i think that that if i were to give myself counsel you know 20 30 years earlier i would have one stay in more contact with some of the people that I connected with earlier from a people standpoint, Me because they're really great people. That's the number one. Um, and then I think two, I was, you know, you're young, you're pretty self-absorbed. You know, you have all the answers, you're right, you're yeah, the best. Yeah. And you know, I, when, I, when I think back, I'm like, oh my God, did I really say that? Did I really yeah. do that? I mean, it's just, it makes your spine like, ugh. But that's part of the growing, right? I mean, I just have it to is. say. It, it is. So it sounds like there's been sort of this inner, guide within you and it hasn't been based on ego it's been based on your own self-confidence not not misguided and so you've got to where you are today so, so 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 tell me about this whole area of win as one and you know helping executives build chemistry what what exactly do you do today in terms of rolling in terms of helping leaders implement that the win of win as one 
Yeah. So I'll give you a little bit of lead up onto that. And that is yeah. when I was in the bigger companies, it was very clear to me that um, there were good people. They weren't necessarily leading to their fullest capability individually or as a team. Yeah. And so for those folks who've been in big companies, you have some of these dysfunctional things that happen. And you're like, how could you? I know. How, you just know. You just know that they weren't really hearing all the voices. They really didn't have most the information to make a, a well-informed decision. Yeah. Um, and so part of this organic journey is along the way, this organization relationship systems coaching. I never intended to be a coach per se, but a mentor from Cisco had suggested I would really enjoy the program. <clears throat> and it is around coaching the relationship dimension. So the first thing is your own emotional intelligence. Yeah. Can you articulate what's going on for you? Think of that as your own internal self-awareness. Yeah. All the issues we have with other people start from within, right? Yeah. So you gotta be in good relationship with yourself. Second yeah. component, the social intelligence to be able to identify someone else's emotional experience and truly empathize with it, which is yeah. fundamental to connection, right? Yeah. And to quote Harry Kramer, who headed up Baxter, you know, if he said, if I can relate to someone, right, maybe there's a chance I can influence and only then could I possibly lead. Yeah. So the connection part is the human part and that's, you know, working with emotion. And at the third level, the relationship system intelligence, you and your wife, yeah. um, two individuals, the third entity is the couple, you're part yeah. of the same yeah. couple, but you have a different experience of it. So in yep. teams, the ability to empathetically understand, to walk in each other's shoes yep. is fundamental to collaboration and powerful group identity. So I went through this program and learned about those concepts. First, it helped me be a better Molly. First yep. and foremost, I was like, I was able to kind of not fight myself in some ways I had been. It was just a real opening. Yep. I went through it and I said, this is what every organization, you know, I've run a nonprofit, I've I've worked in different sectors. I'm like, every sector, any size needs this kind of work. And so I was still at Cisco and on the side, I started just creating a methodology to work with senior leadership teams. And I use a sports analogy. You know, when you're in a sports team, you're playing for the game for each other, right? Yeah. And there's a sports coach leading the whole group together. And you have a unique group of players. Yep. And yep. you got to find a way to how you win is how you, is how you combine right? How you combine, let's figure out how you win. And that's different for teams. And so it was very clear to me that if we could help these people come together as people and figure out who they wanted to be together, that that would create headroom in business. And the starting point in this whole win is one is as a leadership team, do you have the courage to be vulnerable? Vulnerability is a must for trust. You know, Brene Brown's work yeah. is, is unbelievable. I'm a huge fan. And, and that's the starting point. And everyone wants trust, Simon. Everyone yeah. wants trust. Everybody but when you mentioned the word vulnerability, I mean, executives, I mean, everyone's I like freaking out because, you know, I'm a leader, mistakes, admitting I'm wrong, it's hard stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's the real key part I found is creating the space for yeah. people to be who they are. We talked a little bit before yeah. this call, um, we've all struggled and the struggles are not pretty, and, but they're where we learn. Absolutely. And that's where you become who you really are and you know how yeah. good you can be uh, when you struggle and when you create space for folks to see each other that way, yeah. you can then create the openness to be able to share, you know, we're good at this, we're not so good at this. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. to, as a group of leaders, figure out how do you want to lead together? And so that, I call that the relational dimension, right? Yeah. So if you sort out the how we come together, the task part, you facilitate that in space so, and, right. and that and that's really i think to me i do coaching and consulting and before you get to the what it's it's the who and the how and if you can solve for the who and the how yeah 
I can't even begin to tell you how better the work is. <laughs> that, no, that, that completely resonates. I've got a million things going through my head. So for example, I'm running a program over here in Ireland and it's government funded and it's called um, building confidence to rebalance your business. And a lot of thought went into that because you know, we got, this is for small, medium businesses. And the, the main feedback from a lot of them was that we'd love to pivot and change and respond to the current difficulties in the market, but we don't know, even know ourselves to be able to then build our confidence to even think about our business. And so, so that was the first thing that came to my head. The other thing was I went on an amazing course nearly 20 years ago when I was an executive at Dell. I was the most junior person there. And there was actually a senior executive from Cisco and I better not mention who it was, but it was very senior and it was here in Ireland and it was a residential thing for a week and it was run by uh, Richard Olivier, Sir Lawrence Olivier's son, an actor and an amazing emotional intelligence uh, leader called Mike Fisher from Poland. And the premise of these five days were it was based on Shakespeare's Henry V and I'm not a literary person, but it's this young king, his battles with his psyche the night before going into war, right? So on the one hand, there's the masculine bravado, I'm going to slay all this, you know, but there, there was the other side, there was the, the fear and, the, and mm. the cowardice and the worry and the child in that king, you know, and I'm, I'm not kidding, but by the end of that week, there were 15 of us, 13 of the 15 senior executives had cried, you know, and, and the premise of the week was, it was the most powerful week I've ever been on, and it just resonated with you, was that you can only be a truly effective leader and person if you know yourself. We've all got you know, a bit like the Star Wars thing, there's a light force and a dark force in all of us. And we need to be aware of that. So do you agree with that? It's all about self-awareness. Yeah, there for sure. And, you know, my dear friend, Tasha Eric, um, is yeah. self-awareness guru. The internal version of yeah. uh, being yeah. at one within is, is a lifelong journey. So it's yeah. not like we ever get there, there. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you know, I've been blessed surrounded with some amazing leaders, the ones who can say, look, I'm not wrong don't have all the answers, I'm not really sure, that yeah. they have an ability, because they have the self-assuredness to say, I know I belong here. I'm yeah. not here because I got the best answers all the time. <laughs> Newsflash, yeah. right? At that level, yeah. God help you if we're relying on you for a lot of answers. So yeah, yeah. the ability to really ignite people, um, to help create the space where people can um, say what needs to be said, yeah. get to play it skillfully in a bit, I think helps a group get to, um, an accurate shared reality like what is what is our reality and so many times when when teams are not working well it's just they're not on the same page and yeah. when you're not on the same page you're not going to make the best decisions you're not going to execute with speed Absolutely. you're not going to get the greatest outcomes Absolutely. this is not rocket science no it's not rocket science no no I, I i when i was in australia i spent six years working in the indigenous economic development space and i ended up working for i was a ceo for nana from Alaska, the world's largest indigenous business over there. And before that, I worked for BHB, the largest mining company. And my job was basically to get subcontracts for indigenous aboriginal businesses from the big mining company. Yeah. And, and people said, this is going to be so complicated. I, I got like 100%, 160% KPI increases because all I did was I connected people. It was no rocket science. It was connecting the procurement supply people at BHP with the aboriginal leaders. But people just hadn't done it. So... So, so that brings us on to the, you say you're the unexpected radio show host of the Say It Skillfully, Skillfully Initiative. What, so tell us about that. Okay, so this is crazy because, and um, I need to do a shout out for my dear mentor and friend, Marshall Goldsmith, who, as yeah. you, know, yeah. um, you know, Marshall's 
kind of done it all, top yeah. executive, uh, coach and business thinker and author. And so Marshall starts uh, a group um, to really pay it forward because he just wanted to give away everything he knew for free. Yeah, yeah. And um, and I was lucky to be part of this or, or this this great crew. And I realized deep inside that I had this really is killing me inside this work injustice. And that is um, that at all levels, I saw people at work not saying what they thought needed to be said. Senior people as well as junior people. Yeah, yeah. And I still felt terrible. I feel like you feel like you're in a straitjacket at work and it's crappy for you, okay? So you're not able to be who you are and fulfill your own potential. And it's really crappy for the organization because you need to hear a 360 view. Yeah. Um, and get to this, what I call accurate shared reality to make the best decisions execute with speed and get to great outcomes. It's yeah. not rocket yeah. science to me. And so I heard a lot about the psychological safety thing. And so that is absolutely essential to your point in that class that you were in. I can give that to you in like 60 minutes. Yeah. People are dying to be who they really are. If you give them a chance to tell their story, um, to share the things that are not so pretty and still yeah. be respected yeah. and loved, you got them. And so to me, it wasn't about the psychological safety. It was more about the um, social skills, this whole relationship dimension yeah. that was really holding people back. So you could be a leader and say, look, I want to hear what you have to say. So the people know it's safe. They know Simon wants to hear. But if they can't speak in a way yeah. where yeah. they don't feel like they're going to look bad or offend somebody, they're still not going to say it. So this is this little bit of a superpower I have was to say it skillfully. And so my, my again, shout out to Bruce Kazanoff, who's a yeah. dear friend um, and uh, I call colleague and, and mentor. So yeah. he said, look at social media. And I had done, I am like a private person. I don't do social media. Yeah. So he said, look at, do a video. It's like a 90 second video helping someone with a scenario. So very much showing people, not telling, showing. Yeah. They put it up. It actually, the, the, the screen is shaking because my hands. And like, I don't know, 30,000, some crazy number of, I found like 10 people would look at it. Yeah, and so yeah. this gave birth to this thing. And I said, you know, and I started getting notes from around the world from these people who I think had nobody cheering for them at work. Oh my God, this is so great. Thank you for helping me. And so then each week I put out a video. I probably put out, I don't know, 50 some videos yeah. um, to, to help, literally help people say it skillfully. And the universe as it is, these things went around. I got a million video views. And then wow. I got asked, do you want to have your own radio show? Wow. Like, what? And I thought, Yes, of course I want my own radio show. So this is to my point of not knowing any better. I don't even know what it means to be a radio show host. But I saw an opportunity because when people come on the air with me, we can talk it through longer than 90 seconds. Yeah. Right? So I mean, and so the learning is the scenarios that people bring up, Simon, everyone around the world can relate to them in some way. So it's a way to help people learn and to literally hear, like hear the words that people can use. And the thing about this I think it's kind of a training miss, but the reason say it skillfully is a little bit hard is because you can, you can say things in a way that I can't, I can say things in a way that you can't. And yeah. so there's a notion of finding your authentic voice. So yeah. it's not a rote, you know, do training one, one, a, one, B, two, two, a, two, B, and you're done. Yeah. And so I think that's why, you know, and again, it, the more senior folks may have a chance to get a little bit more of the customized help on that. But, you know, at the grassroots, everyone um, can use some help you know Absolutely. their voice and so that's that's how the whole thing started <laughs> that's amazing and you know but you're absolutely right i mean i won't mention but one of the other uh, leaders i i interviewed a couple of weeks ago um you know he's a world leader in the whole area of mindset and and well he wouldn't mind me talking about it and and after we finished recording he said to me 
how did I come across? And for a bit, I thought, hang on, you're the world's leader in mindset. But of course, he's going to ask that because that's a key part of mindset growth is asking how I, how I did. And so it's amazing how conditioned we are to think that that's vulnerability and therefore weakness, when in fact, vulnerability is a key underpinning of growth. You know, it's just, and the other thing you mentioned then is, you know, a lot of the work that I do, I, I do mentoring, coaching and facilitation and training and lots of different things. And I, I think what I'm now figuring out as a 52 year old man, the one underpins pretty much everything is authenticity. And you've mentioned that credibility, you have to have credibility, but you're not going to have credibility if you're not authentic, you're not going to have sustainable credibility. And then the third thing for me then is trust. And, and I, I'm not saying this to, to flatter you, but I, but I felt that straight away, as soon as we started speaking before we recorded, you said something that enabled me to open up, right? And so immediately I felt that you were being authentic because there was no front there. I, I felt like I could trust you and you had credibility because I could tell you knew what you were doing. Does that resonate? It does resonate. And I don't want to narrow things down to just a few words because I, I do. I, I think that's one of my, my pet peeves is people will ask, what are the top five characteristics? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and for sure there are things, I mean, you need to be trustworthy, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. I find that that creates a smaller box for yeah, what is yeah. it supposed to be, right? And yeah, so yeah. I, I think that that ability to, to be real, um, to be able to you know, think about what's right and what's right at all levels, yeah, organizationally yeah. within a smaller group and for oneself, yeah. um, and, and, and to be able to kind of to communicate openly and bring people along. Yeah. I mean, these are skills that whether you're leading yourself or you're leading a whole group, um, to yeah. me are things that, that really make a difference. And, and this time that we're in, it's very fascinating. Yeah, this COVID time, and I'm on a number of boards um, and it's, been, it's just been amazing because the organizations I'm with are very people focused. So that I would yeah. say that they had a, a big head start, right? The leaders are, are communicating well, they're open, they have a notion of trust. So those are the organizations that I think can come out of this with some tailwinds in, yeah. in position to really take off. I feel for the organizations where all of a sudden you're like, wow, we don't really have the connection and the trust with our people that we would like to have. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's even harder now because people are remote. But I want to offer that it's not too late. <laughs> There's no time like the present for the leaders and the folks in the organization to just all notice, hey, is this, are we relating, are we connecting the way we think we can and need to be able to get through this together? Because at this stage, yeah. you need every single person on the boat rowing in the right direction. And people see things differently, they hear different things, and when you create that ability for information to come up and move down through an organization, yeah, you're gonna yeah. have a better chance to not only move with speed, but to have the agility. Um, yeah. And so I really encourage folks at all levels to call that out for your, whether it's your team, your company, and yeah. say, you know, let's just take a step back and how, how well are we doing at this? What yeah. can we do? And this notion of being part of the problem, I, I really want to offer for leaders, so game-changing. If you say, hey, I got it. You know, part of the reason this isn't working is because of me. It doesn't make you a bad person, but it, it really creates that you're real. It yeah. creates yeah. what accountability means in our organization, and you're going to get folks who really will want to, to follow you, who, would, who, lead, yeah. who follow you because they have choice, not because they have to. Yeah. 
I can't believe the time is just flying by. And, and so what I'm going to do for the last question, I'm going to switch it a little bit. So I normally ask everybody, what, you know, if you were going to advise a, an, an up and coming leader, what two or three words of advice would you whisper in their ear, you know, given what we're going through now? But I'm going to ask you, Molly, what, what would you whisper to yourself now, right, to, to galvanize you or to sustain you personally in your career in, in, in your career for he- in terms of helping others for the next five years, what, what do you think you should focus on or you'd like to focus on more? Two or three things. Well, I'm a big self-care person. So for me, I think it's about sustaining that. And it's not been hard for me because early, early in my career, I, I went through a burnout phase. And so I feel very lucky for having gone through that early because yeah. it was a note to self. I mean, I've weighed the same, eat the same, work out the same. So I feel very lucky from a wellness standpoint to be in a really great place and have no intention of giving that up. For me, that's, that's the taking down the oxygen mask for oneself before you can help others. Absolutely. Um, And I think for me, I think I would encourage myself to keep going into new territories, um, leaning into some discomfort, um, and I, and I, and I, I, you know, that's the creative part of me. So I think it, as an introvert, it's easy for me to kind of just stay in, I would say, be yeah, people yeah. find that interesting, but yeah. I think just yeah. the pushing. And I think because I am a real impact person, I really would say it's skillfully. I um, have a Ted talk in motion, uh, a book, uh, a whole bunch of things that I think could really yeah. help million. I want to help millions and millions of people find their voice. Um, and the kind of cultures that we have in the workplace, I think, are not necessarily the ones that best serve all of us. Yeah. It doesn't make them wrong or bad. I just think that there's a real opportunity. Leaders are paying, you're paying your people a lot of money to show up there. And how about if we really give everyone a chance to be their full self and yeah. to, to play their, their best game for you? And there's just no doubt for me the the level of performance that's out there um, you know, can, can really rock it through. So I think yeah. that would be... For me, I I will just answer your question because I think for folks listening, um, I would say two things. One is that the power you have and how you show up, I I work with clients on this, this this energy, these meta skills, right? To be really intentional. So if you come in negative and if you come in unconfident, if you come in whiny, totally legit, right? I totally honor that that's how you might feel. Your opportunity to sit back and say, you know, if I show up in this meeting this way, is that really helping the whole? forget me. Right. And, right. and so sometimes it takes a big exhale. I meditate and do yoga. So you have to really yeah. let go of it, but you know, show up in a way that serves folks, yeah. um, offer, offer help. You know, you don't know what they, what they may need, but just offer because I think that shows caring. Yeah, and then yeah. lastly, and I could, I could not say this It's just really everyone owned. We're all part of the problem and we're all part of the solution. And if yeah. you can be a bit more skillful, I got all these resources out there for you. Um, be a bit more skillful. I want you to be who you are um, and be able to say what needs to be said. And I just feel like with that kind of energy, you know, we can really, we can go far. Yeah. Wow. I think I might just finish there because I think that's just perfect. So really, I really enjoyed this time. It's flown by. And and how do people connect with you, find out more about the work you do? I would uh, love folks to follow me on LinkedIn and I have a website, sayitskillfully.com. So you can sign up. I have a weekly, uh, not a weekly mailer. When I send out new videos, it's not a big promotional thing. Um, and, and when I say part of the solution, I ask folks who listen to the videos to share them because I think yeah. that's what it really takes. Really, it's not, I can't do it on my own yeah. um, to get to a million views. Plus, we need everybody 
cranking yeah. along and feel good about the fact that you can be part of the solution for those that you care about who are around you. Yeah. I definitely will. I've seen your videos, right? But now I've spoken to you, I'm going to start sharing them. <laughs> Thank you, Simon. I appreciate that. No, that's great. Anyway, it's great talking to you and we'll keep in touch. I definitely want to keep in touch. Thanks for sure. very much. Look forward. Take good care. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Thank you.